Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Baruchem Abam. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas Mishpatim. Today we're going to have two short shiurim. Today is a short day for me. I'm speaking in Philadelphia this Shabbos. So I want to share with you a few thoughts on Parshas Mishpatim. And then a few imponderables. So the Haggadah has been uh, given in for publication. If anybody still wants to be Mishtatev, uh, that is still available. Parshas Mishpatim, the Chassam Soifer says, has 42 Mishpatim. The Pasuk says, Ve'ele. Ve'ele is Gematria 42. Ve'ele ha-Mishpatim. But plus the Mitzvah of Shemitah is 43. So, Ve'ele ha-Mishpatim. There are 42 Mishpatim in the Parshas, the Gematria Ve'ele. And... There's also Mitzvah Shemitah, which is a total of 43. So, I, w- I would like the Siyat Shemaya to explain the significance of the 43 Mitzvahs of Mishpatim. You know, the Parsha begins, how to be Mamtik the Dinim, how to sweeten the Midas Hadin. And the Sefer Sifsei Tzadikim brings, in the name of the Aptarav, that the way to sweeten Midas Hadin, Midas Hadin is, of course, Eloikim, Aleph Lamed, followed by He, then a Yud and a Mem. Elohim is Gematria 86. If you take what is called the Oisios Hakoidmim, the earlier letters, you take the letters before Aleph, Lamed, He, Yud, Mem, you get Aleph remains Aleph, Lamed becomes a Chaf, He becomes a Dalet, Yud becomes a Tes, and the final Mem becomes a regular Mem. So Aleph, Lamed, He, followed by Yud, Mem, becomes Aleph, Chaf, Dalet, Tes, Mem. Gematria 74. 74 is the name of Bitachain. So the parsha is saying, asher tasim You take the letters before Eloikim. By the way, the end of the parsha it says that Moshe Rabbeinu went up with Aaron and Nadav and Avihu and the Shivim Zakanim, also 74. But Marv Rabbi said there's another way to sweeten the Midas Hadin. And that's it. that is to sort of split the 86 in half to make from 86, 43. Like it says in Tehillim, Peleg Eloikim Moleimayim. When you split 86, Eloikim, it's full of chesed. Like Rabbi Siharshav Zidachav says, so maybe this is the secret of the 43 mitzvahs and parshas mishpatim. 43 is always the Hamtakas uh, Hadin. By the way, Rabbi Siharshav Zidachav says that 43 is Gematria Toiv Hashem, 17 and 26. By the way, in Megillah Esther, the longest Pasuk in the Megillah and in the whole Tanakh is 43 words. Next. This was very interesting to me. Chazal say, the the, the, the Torah says in Perak Chav Beis, Pasuk Beis, don't embarrass a ger because you were a ger. Don't afflict a ger because you were a gerim. Rashi says, because if you afflict him, he could afflict you back. And he could say to you, you're also from gerim. Here's some good advice. Your own imperfection, don't tell your friend. Now, I don't understand. 
Is that really the best reason you could come up with? Why we shouldn't afflict a ger? What about the fact that you're hurting his feelings? What about the fact that you're you're insulting him? You're, the Torah is saying, no, that's not the reason. The, re- the, the reason not to afflict a ger is because he could say back to you, the ger could say back to you, well, um, the ger could say, you're also a ger. Okay, obviously I'm not concerned about the fact that you're going to insult me. But why does the Torah choose this reason to be the reason to emphasize why you shouldn't afflict the guy? I know where I come from. I know what the possibility of you insulting me back is. And I, I'm willing to take the chance, or I don't mind. So it's interesting, but the Torah says the reason not to afflict the guy is because he could say back to you. And we see from here that the fact that the ger could say back to you that, you know, Rabid, you're also a ger. This is the most severe reason. Namely, that the Torah is saying, how could you insult him? Then you're insulted, insulting yourself. And then you don't have self-dignity. And you're not being makbid on your own covered abrios. It's like you're being mavaza yourself. Like Chazal say that if you eat in the marketplace, you're pasal edos. That's worse than the fact that you're afflicting him. This is more fatal. This is more corrosive. Worse than you hurting his feelings. Is you're destroying yourself. You don't have the dignity to know that by insulting him, you're really insulting yourself. And in a way, that's even worse. Okay. Rashi says that Hashem tells Klal Yisrael, I'm going to take you to the place that I prepared. Asher Hachinoisi. Rashi quotes the Medrash. That this is one of the Psukim from which we learn that the Beis HaMikdash Shomala is Mechuvan Kenege the Beis HaMikdash Shomata. The question is, what's that doing here? Why does it say here? Why does... Let me see if I wrote it this way. But why does it have to emphasize over here Beis HaMikdash Shomala is Mechuvan Keneged Beis HaMikdash Shomala? Is this really the best place to, to teach such a thing? I mean, we know Beis HaMikdash Shomala is Mechuvan Keneged Beis HaMikdash Shomata. But why, why mention that here? Why here? Why is this the place to teach this halacha? Or to teach this idea? It could be as follows. Even though Beisamikta Shomala is Mechuva and Kenegeda Beisamikta Shomata, but that's not always the case. When the Beisamikta was destroyed, actually Hashem moved the Beisamikta Shomala not to be aligned with the Beis HaMikdash Shomata, because if they're aligned, the Goyim can't destroy the Beis HaMikdash. The Chassam Soifer says that when Yaakov Vino came to the Harabayas, he says, Ein Zekiim Beis Eloikim V'zeh Shar HaShamayim. This is only the house of God, V'zeh Shar HaShamayim, but they're not aligned. Meaning this is the house downstairs, but not upstairs, because God moved away His house upstairs, this is the meaning of the Pasuk, Nier Hashem Es Mikdashai. 
So, if I were to ask, right now, is the Beis HaMikdash Shomala Mechuvan Kenege Beis HaMikdash Shomata? No. Because if it was, then the Beis HaMikdash would be standing. The fact that it's in a state of destruction perhaps means that they're not aligned. You know why Hashem is choosing this juncture to teach that Beis HaMikdash Shomala is Mechuvan Kenege Beis HaMikdash Shomata? Because there's an idea that on Shabbos there is no Chorben. On Shabbos, it's as if we have a Beis HaMikdash. On Shabbos, Shabbos is impervious to Chorben. And just like Shabbos is impervious to Chorben, Shemitah is also impervious to Chorben. And since the entire segment before was talking about the Dine Shemitah, and when there's Shemitah, there's no Churban, so it could be this is the most appropriate place to teach, in fact, that Mechuvan Beisamikdosh Shomala Kenege Beisamikdosh Shomata. Okay, one final thought. Pasuk says, Perik Chavdal, Pasuk Gimel, Kaad Varma Shardibar Hashem Naase. And then a little bit later on, Pasuk Zayin, Kala Shardibar Hashem Naase Venishma. So what happened? Why at first did Klai Yisrael say Naase and then it's interesting that in the interim, Rashi tells us about the blood that was split in half and they were Kairi Sabris. And Rashi says they were Nichnas Libris. They made a covenant with God with bris milah. Which means that Klal Yisrael had a circumcision. We know that the circumcision of the body opens up the heart. That keneged the arla of the milah, there's an arlas halev. And when you remove the arla, it opens up the heart. It helps the, the heart understand Torah. So we'd like to suggest, originally Klal Yisrael said na'aseh. Na'asha means we will do. But Nishma, the Malbum says, Nishma means we will delve, we will, we will delve, we will teach, we will try to um, go deeply into the mitzvahs. That was only possible, that was only Shayach, that was only Shayach after the Brismila. So in the, originally they said Naasa, and after that it was Naasa the Nishma. Okay, so that concludes the first segment.